Hi, everybody, and welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who are the mass vigilantes with me today? Seven <laughs> <laughs> JD. Jesse Chavez. I think I used the same opening when we did Kill or Be Killed months ago at this point. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wow. we'll consider Dylan generic Batman. <laughs> uh, Batman's. All right. And I think I'm going to introduce what lovely book we're reading today because it was my pick because I really wanted to read this on the show. <laughs> we are reading Batman Death of the Family, which is a trade from the new 52 Batman run. Volume three. Um, Stefan, if you want to give a quick background for all the people that are going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, New 52 is, um, I think it was Jim Lee's idea. But basically what they wanted to do is they wanted to revamp and kind of fix all the things in the storylines of the superheroes and basically redo everything and rewrite everything. And a lot of people were pissed off. I was one of those people. And a lot of people <laughs> were open to the idea. <clears throat> What's kind of interesting about Batman specifically is that he like his backstory, things that happened in it, because he like in the timeline of this where we're at right now in this story, it's only been Batman's been operating for five years or something. Oh, that's it? Yeah. But uh in that five years, like everything is still has happened, like the big beats. So like Nightfall has happened and Killing Joke has happened. So all those stories happened in five years, which seems pretty condensed. <laughs> he's had a lot of bad days that's all I, the easiest way to put it yeah so so then we then we jump into where we're at right now which is volume three death of the family and the joker it now doesn't have a face he's been faceless for a year and the doll maker is the one who took it off doll is just another villain in batman's rogues gallery that came that along is one fucked up issue by the way too which is it's not even in this little thing it happens in Detective Comics number one in the re reboot, but it is just messed up where he cuts off his face. I think it's implied later. I think I was gonna say I think it's implied later that the Joker lets him. Like it's just yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. It was all the Joker's idea. It wasn't. I mean, I was introduced to. Do I didn't know who Dollmaker was until he's in an episode of Arrow in the first season. <laughs> really yeah and he's trying to put I laura lance he's trying to put like i think he's trying to fill her with wax or something yeah. he's not cutting people up he fills them with wax if i'm remembering correctly i mean this has been i mean i watched season one when season one came out so it's been a little while oh that's definitely a hot date <laughs> someone out there knows what i'm talking about <laughs> it's like oh, a no. terrible yeah. paris hilton movie well, yeah maybe i'm wrong maybe just not what Okay, Dollhouse season one did not did not get what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, wait, I meant Dollmaker, not uh, the Doll. doll oh, keep going. I'm googling. One night in Laura Landing. So anyway, what's going on here is that the Joker's coming back, and he's been on hiatus for a year or so they think, and they're kind of freaked out because they're thinking. The same thing that they always think, which is that the Joker is pretty much unpredictable. You have absolutely no idea what he's going to do next. And what Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were doing, which is the two people who were taking care of the book at the time, is they wanted to bring a Joker back who's like getting his hands dirty. Because for the longest time in comic books, Joker was just basically sending henchmen. He was using the rogues gallery. He was kind of second fiddle to whatever was going on, like something in Hush. You know, he wasn't like the main baddie. So now they're trying to bring back a fucking like brutal ass joker 
which like as soon as you get into issue one, it shows that off. <laughs> it is. It's a fucked up story. Oh, but to Some answer the earlier thing before I forget, he wasn't he was putting he was drowning his female victim with a pouring a polymer down on their throats before dressing them up like dolls for the police to find. At least that's what he did in Arrow. Oh, to finish what I was saying before. Okay. <laughs> David Cage ripped that off. Yeah. It's in an early episode of Arrow. I just always remember that. That was my first experience with who the doll maker was. I didn't have any idea who he was. I'm pretty sure he's in Gotham 2 in season 2, but we're not talking about Gotham. No, I mean, this book was something that I actually had... I read it years ago after seeing people talk about it or hearing people talk about it, seeing the comics at comic book stores. And at the time, I remember every issue... This is five years ago at the time. Every issue was like $30 or so, I want to say, just for issues in this run. Like, they were they were pricey books. Well, not that pricey, but enough for a new book. Yeah, I think... I think Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, they when they got together, nobody was like, oh, they're going to like kill it, kill Batman. Like it's going to be an amazing run. But then it ended up being an amazing run. It mostly is. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple. I mean, we're not in a different episode. We are going to talk about volume one and two, not this episode. But Mm -hmm. the thing about the Joker is that like for me, I mean, I know some of the history of Joker. I know the killing joke. I know some of these, you know, main stories. And I like how they take that history, but also at the same time, they push it to the side where it's there, but you don't need to really know what happened. Like, it doesn't matter. You just know Joker and Batman have had some time together and they hate each other. Well, hate each other, love each other, you know, close enough. Yeah. The yin <laughs> the yang. Yeah. Yeah, this, this whole, this whole uh, line kind of feels pretty much like it's just Joker's greatest hits album. He's like, but wait, I'm going to remix it so many more people are going to die. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, even just the first scene when they introduce Joker back into into the comics after he's been gone for so long and hadn't had a story in years. I mean, at least a year in the New 52, and he had only one issue at that, is he has, it has Gordon standing in the police station and he's sitting there talking, the lights go out. Okay, no big deal. He's like, okay, the backup generator would kick in, you know, it's probably nothing. And then in the door, in the hallway or the doorway, you see the Joker just standing standing there. He's like, oh, shit. Not the words, but close enough. <laughs> that <laughs> That is such... I mean, I would love to see this in a movie. We got oh, yeah. But just that scene. And then he brutalizes all these people in the dark, all the officers, and you just hear people say, no, no. He just murders them, and Gordon just freaking out, shooting randomly, hitting, hitting nothing. And it is just such a... Like, it really sets the tone for what you're getting yourself into in this book. Right. And he even goes as far to say that, like, he knows things about Jim Gordon that Jim Gordon didn't think he knew about him. He says, like, oh, I know where you hide your cigarettes from Barbara and this little blah, 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 like space. He's like, I I know because sometimes sometimes at night I'll be sleeping under your bed listening to you talk to yourself. I mean, that is just. He just goes straight up Pennywise. Pennywise is a supernatural being. He's still a clown, but this is... I mean, they kind of give Joker that supernatural type being in this, which is... It yeah. does work, though. <laughs> it's just... Am I not real enough for you, Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> it's really good, though. Like, I've just been rereading Death of the Family today, and it is... It is just so good. Yeah. 
Greg Capullo definitely knows how to draw those scenes to like look immediately cinematic. Like you do want to see it as a movie. You can see it as a movie. With a hard R. But uh Oh yeah. Well that's <laughs> coming again after how Joker did in theater, so there'll be more. There was... shouldn't be. I was I was joking with Stefan though. I was like, I have a feeling I know what comic Jared Leto was trying to base his Joker off. Oh, Joker off of it was this one, and just like in his head, he's just doing Death of the Family, but everyone else is just like, stop, you fucking juggalo, just put it, stop, stop. (laughs) I mean, you might be right. Like he could have been trying to take inspiration from this, but his Joker is just garbage in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very little. He's a good actor, but he's weird as hell. Pretentious too. Yeah. But uh, the Joker is a difficult character. I feel to really nail. It's it's one of those characters that can very easily be misread, and um, depending on your mindset, if you look at him the wrong way, he's just like, oh yeah, that's kind of a sympathetic hero. That's a man I can stand behind, or you know, that's mm-hmm. you know, he's just misunderstood, and he's, he's never, he's not. I'm sorry, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go into controversial Joker opinions if I keep going, but I just it's not controversial. <laughs> In my experience, people who idolize Harley Quinn and Joker as the relationship, who consider them, who compare it to themselves. Usually, are in a bad relationship. So yeah, and they usually smoke uh, crack. So well, according I, to Kevin Smith, Paul Dini thought that it was fucking genius in Suicide Squad. Like he was crying tears of joy, and I'm like, "Are you sure, Kevin?" That's be- I mean, think about it. He saw his creation in the big screen. That could have been a big part of it too. I mean, you got to think about that. Yeah, no, mm. that's true. I definitely feel different about movies when I see them in theaters versus when I watch them at home. There's like a certain magic to the theater experience. And I'm hoping that was what the case was because they completely inverted who she was in the final cut. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Harley Quinn, though, <laughs> I, I did like that. In the, You know, there's a scene coming up shortly after all this where Batman ends up going to where they first met, which is also another reference to the Killing Joke. And mm-hmm. I like how he's wearing, the, um, the character is wearing the stupid, stupid red hood, or the red helmet, which I really, really hate. I just hate that design so fucking much. <laughs> Why? Because it just looks stupid. like a giant capsule? or It's a guy wearing a suit with a red cape and a big like red capsule on top of his head. Nothing screams, shoot me, I'm over here, and then wearing a big red capsule on your head. You're not familiar with Tylenol, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, example, I have seen, I have the the first appearance of Red Hood uh, when it's it's Jason Todd as Red Hood. Spoiler alert. And I've almost bought that book many times because I I know, I I met the the artist multiple times. And Mm. He lives around. He actually lives in Minnesota. <laughs> so, and I have always wanted to get that book to have him sign it, but I'm just like, that cover is so stupid, and I just can't get myself to do it. <laughs> and it usually costs $60, $80, so that doesn't help. But I just, I really hate that design. I don't know if I got that across I, good enough yet. I still own it. Um, speaking of which, that, that actually isn't, there's been three Red Hoods, and now I guess... An impersonation because Harley imitates a Red Hood in this comic. Yeah, for like what one issue, a few panels. It's not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't count that. 
Joker dresses her up as the Red Hood. Oh, that yeah. scene when they describe, like, and he threatens her with a knife. He's like, let's cut off your face. And she's like, what, what are you doing, Mr. J? Like, is, is it going to hurt? It. He's like, he's not, he's not my Mr. J anymore. I don't know what he is. I mean, that, yeah. that feels like so much of an insult to all the people. are like, we're Joker and Harley Quinn. And, and they were just like, we're going to make Joker super psycho. And you guys all can't compare yourself anymore. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. I mean, because he's just, I mean, threatening to cut off her face. I mean, you can't get more worse than that. Well, you can, but it's pretty bad. Knowing the true nature of their relationship, though, still makes perfect sense. She's not a person who owns, she's just property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what a toxic, abusive relationship is. <laughs> if I, if I want to carve you up like a library table, then God damn it, Harley, I'm going to do it. <laughs> And she was gonna let him too. I mean, that's another key issue of that key night, key part of that. He was, she was almost gonna let him. Like, okay, whatever you say, Mister J. Mister J. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need yeah. my own skin off. Fuck this. She's completely, <laughs> She's completely crazy. You're echoing. So I don't know about you guys, but one of the highlights for me when Scott Snyder writes is he pulls in old history. Yes. <clears throat> previous comic books and uh one of the things he did in this comic book that i really appreciate is he pulled in an old joker and batman fight where they're on a giant blimp and it's you know one of those old gags in the old comics where it's just this huge thing explosions going off everywhere and everything and you know the joker looks like he dies and everything and is that but anyway actually from the old issues yeah yeah okay i thought like when I saw that panel and he's reminiscing, I thought they just made up stuff and threw it in there. I didn't realize that's an actual from an old issue. No, he, he drew it all in from all the old stuff. There's there's stuff even later in the comic that he does, but specifically with this one pertaining to the fact that later on Batman drives the bat boat to the bat cave and there's a Joker card on it. And he doesn't know if the Joker left it on there. Well, he finds it later. He doesn't know if the Joker was in the cave. Or if he attached it to the bat boat, or how it got there, it's just sitting he's, in the back. He's in huge denial that he was in the cave. Awesome. Yeah. But it's that whole like mental, you know, fucking with you, where it's like, was he? Was he not? And then he hides it from the bat family, which of course makes a giant mess in all of them. Which I'm sure, if the Joker, if he wasn't paying attention, or if he was, I'm sure he'd just be eating popcorn. Like this is this is amazing. I love it. Keep doing this. Yeah, because Batman's hubris is not going to let him be like, oh, no, the Joker got the better of me. He he totally beat us. Rated by the Joker. You hear me? Yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it when they're all arguing uh, shortly after where they're I forget. Did, is that is this after he's already told them that he's coming after them? I just no. read all this. but I OK, now they because what happens is he thinks he he calls them in and he warns them. He says, like, hey, I think the Joker might know who your real identities are. So I'm just letting you know. And they're like, well, how would that well, how would that happen? And for me, this is where the death of the family part of the comic book comes in is because he kept it a secret that he didn't know that the Joker possibly could have been in the Batcave and yeah. found all the information out. You also have, I want to say Alfred was kidnapped too around this point that helped spark that whole, like where they're like, okay, he, he took Alfred and Batman just keep saying, well, it's just because he's a friend of Bruce Wayne and he knows Bruce Wayne's a friend. I mean, just trying to, you know, make reasons that have nothing to, that don't involve him knowing who Batman is. And I Correct. do like 
that because that you can see. I mean, Batman's a very intelligent character, and here he is trying to justify something that doesn't really make sense. Right. There's a really great scene. I can't remember if he's talking to a Robin or or uh, Nightwing or something. I, I he's he's basically he's he's talking to Robin essentially, and he's um he's he keeps mentioning he's he's trying to like do a personal dissociation. You know, like Bruce Wayne's butler, and finally he just calls him on his shit. He's like, yeah, you mean Alfred? You know, the guy who helped raise you, who helped raise all of us, who's been by us. Like, can you, can you fucking just admit who it is? And he's just like, no, we can't. Like, we are not, we are not exposing ourselves like this, because he's already paranoid from everything else that's happened up to this point. I mm-hmm. did like that. I liked how they made him sh- weak in a sense. Where Batman isn't in charge, he isn't on top. He's confused. He's getting kind of neurotic. I really like that because you don't. I feel like you don't see that a lot with Batman. No, Mm-mm. at least in movies you do sometimes, but that's different, Batman. Well, that, that, was, that's a, that was a brilliant observation, Stefan. I never thought about it. The real murder all along was of the familial relationships. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it kind of shows it too later in the comic when he. He's trying to contact them back to the cave and they're all making up excuses saying, you know, I'm doing something else or don't wait up for me. Even Damien's like, you know, I went to I'm going to go train somewhere else, not around you. You know, that's in the end, though, right? Uh, Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's it's kind of like the death of the family. Like they don't want to be around him, you know? Yeah. It also is a reference to what what the hell is the other one called? The original death of. A death in the family. Ah, yeah. All of a sudden, my brain's like, click off, which is a 1980s <laughs> book, right? Or 1970s? 1980s. It's when uh, okay. Jason Todd dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible it's okay. second Robin. But they do reference that in here, too. Because one of the Robins that's with him, spoiler alert, is Jason Todd, the one that died in the 80s and comes back because comics. Except none of this matters because none of this is canon anymore. So, All right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter its own separate earth now <laughs> yeah it is. but there's some good there's some good stories in new 52 i i haven't experienced too much but i'm trying to i think mm-hmm. the harley quinn the comics i was reading was from the new 52 era her own spinoff versus yeah. like running her own halfway house to keep people from falling down into a bad crowd yeah she's she's got some weird really weird arcs like that came out of this and in rebirth, everything that happened afterwards. Like at one point, I think she even sleeps with Nightwing. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, for the for the animated movies, good enough for the comic, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of Batman history, there there's an early scene where Joker ends up. He ends up setting up his chemical attack with the mayor and all the police. Is that from was that from an earlier comics where he had used that chemical a lot? I want to say. Correct. So okay. So, yeah, so one of the things one of the things from the past is also poisoning the Gotham River. And I think it might have to do with the smiling, the yeah. smiling fish or whatever. OK, laughing. Fish. I just, yeah, I love yeah. that scene where he's, he's on the bridge and he's reenacting one of his old one of his old crimes. And Batman gets up there and he's like, I'm here to stop you, Joker. And he's like, you know, if when I if when I poisoned this last time, it was the guys that went and get their water first before it hits the rest of the river. So you know what I did, Bats? I just already killed them. He looks in the water and they're all sitting there in the water already dead. He's like, eh, I didn't want to wait. I mean, that, <laughs> that to me was just like, oh, man, what a <laughs> smack in the face for Batman. And also, like, 
I mean, <laughs> you, know, you set up this trap. You're just like, eh, fuck it. I don't want to wait. I'll just kill them all and throw them, and you can find them, and you'll be even madder at me. Yeah, yeah it's like, not too late. Got out of the way. Now it's just me and you. Let's talk about our relationship. Man, it is so. Oh, I'm gonna say it a lot this episode, uh, <laughs> but it just it grabs me. Like it, I, I, re- I mean, much as the story screwed up, I really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I, I am unfamiliar. I mean, Joker he normally has goons, right? Like that's not a. You said that's a normal thing for him. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with the whole. Well, I'm not super familiar with Joker and comics at all. I've read one before this with called Hush. <laughs> so had Joker. I haven't read much. Well, and you read Killing Joke too, right? Oh yeah, okay. I read Killing Joke. I read A Death in the Family. I read a couple, but not a whole, not a lot. All in right. my opinion. speaking of oh, Killing, I caught one reference to it in this in this line. I there's probably there might be more. I don't know. When it comes to Batman history, I'm really spotty. But uh, in the Batgirl oh stuff, when uh, some some people are said to attack Barbara Gordon's mom, like they're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's, some, uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's a straight up kill, killing joke. Because in Killing Joke, she gets shot and she's paralyzed, which does not happen because Batgirl's in this running around just normal. Yeah, good. I, I was definitely confused at first. I'm like, wait, so were you Oracle at one point, or is that not a thing now, or is it gonna happen? It happens in Arkham Knight. Does that count? Arkham Asylum. In Arkham yeah. Knight. We'll count that. <laughs> <laughs> that is still, that is my main, that's what got me into Batman was the Arkham Asylum. Big time. I'm surprised. I mean, I like Batman, but that's the one that grabbed me. I mean, just in everything with this, like when he, when he's on top of that bridge and they shoot him with the teeth that come out. I mean, I like to think of the Arkham Asylum and the teeth like wrap a rope around him. I mean, that was also pretty damn cool, I thought. Yeah. When all, and then the cops show up and you know, get blasted to hell. <laughs> As usual, <laughs> I didn't notice this my first reading, but there's a guy, one of the guys in the, in the woods with a bazooka, has the gimp mask on with like zippers for the eyes and the mouth. <laughs> and he gets that before. I'm like, oh, that's funny. It fits Joker. It fits Joker. Can you imagine applying for like Gotham PD and just being like, a, so uh, why are you guys looking for people? Oh, you know, Joker took out like 30 of us last night. Riddler took out 10 of us last week. We no, just need that's, that's that's too honest. They're just gonna be like, uh, we just have a high turnout rate. We just <laughs> great. they usually kick in about you know 30 days in. Oh great. Like, oh no, an officer passed. How long is like oh it's the usual 15 days? Oh fuck. No, wait. I mean <laughs> the application is just do you breathe? Yes. Can you shoot? Yes, you're hired. Are you affiliated <laughs> Any of these villains is mile long list. The, the calculator is that a thing? Yes, it is yes. a thing. That is a thing. Who's <laughs> Calendar Man? Mm. You always bring up Calendar Man, Mike. We're gonna read a comic with Calendar Man very soon because what about bring... Polka Dot Man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Polka Dot Man is it? I want to say he's in that Lego Batman movie. I I have I have the minifigure for him. <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh god but polka dot man did not show up in the next part of the story when they go to arkham asylum which okay that that grabbed me that i love arkham asylum in general mainly because of the game but just this place full of crazies and then you kind of have the same story in a way where joker has taken over arkham asylum 
and the inmates are running are running the show. So right. Joker's psycho. And it's just it's just get Arkham Asylum vibes every when I you know him building his like you have an Arkham Asylum where he's building the whole thing that doesn't really pay off. But spoiler. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. So in the comic here, he subdues some guards or something, some people that that nobody will miss from Arkham Asylum, or maybe it's not guards, but it's inmates. And then he sure. like dresses them up as the Justice League so that he can make them kill themselves. He dresses up. Some of the Justice League, he dresses others up as Batman and Joker and has them dancing in water with a current mm-hmm. running to it in case he decides that he wants to kill him. Okay. It's all guards yeah. that were single that nobody would miss and nobody would notice or are, you know, like, why aren't they coming home? And the people that have families, he tells them, if you tell anybody, I murder your family and you just need to keep coming back to work every day like it's normal. Correct. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, this is this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for Endgame, so... <laughs> Adventures Endgame, no. by the way. No, Batman <laughs> Endgame, New Fifty Two. So, it, in in the idea that Joker's been missing for a year and he's been gone, that actually wasn't true at all. Apparently, he's just been dressing up as other people and walking around pretending to be them. So, at one point, Batman comes to Arkham and he's talking to a dude who he always sees there, just nor- just like an orderly. He's like, "Oh, hey, John, or whatever his name is." Apparently, that whole time, that's been Joker just talking to Batman and he took like uh pain pills or something to like keep his grin down. So he wouldn't let him on that. It was the Joker the whole time. <laughs> he didn't actually have his face cut off. Right. Or did he? I don't remember. Okay. Cause I know in this, he doesn't have a face, but I also know in end game, he has a face. Yeah. He actually has his face back on. Oh yeah. I mean, also, which we can't really just, you should look it up, but like you can see his face is stapled onto his head. In these in this in these issues, yeah, he uses a belt to fasten it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so fucked up. Oh man, this this is one messed up comic. Yeah. But hey, that, it's also such a. I feel like it's it's a famous Joker story that people who aren't into comics but never have heard of. Right. I know I wasn't as familiar with it, but also like with the thing uh, with the, the one that I usually the hear art, most. Of- yeah, keep it going. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say the one I usually hear most about uh, the death of the family, most of the, or not, I mean, uh, the killing joke, like a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like that. This that's... is the Joker story. Yeah, I disagree. This, yeah, yeah, there's no real definitive Joker story. They're all just, even he says it in Killing Joke. He's like, I remember it one way, this way, and then I remember it some days this way. So well, there's also, I... well, the killing joke wasn't even. Like it was in a different universe at the time. Right? I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe, I think yeah. maybe now it is, but back then it wasn't. Okay. Oh, but as you were mentioning earlier with the guards, like you had, you have all these different guards that are all, you know, being used. And I and I did like that when you had them dancing. And he's like, "We've been dancing for days." And as soon as he <laughs> grabs the battering, Joker's like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm gonna electrocute him if you do." And all their feet are all bloody in the water, and it just, oh. It's a gory looking thing. And also, isn't there, for days. <laughs> isn't there a famous cover? I don't remember what year it is, where it's Joker and Harley Quinn dancing with a black background on the cover. Oh, oh. yeah, that's about, a, right? that's an Alex Ross cover, right? I have no idea. Yeah. I just know it's a famous picture. From what I remember, because he because his always has like the dramatic shadowing, right? And the kind yeah. of hyper realistic. He's a really good artist. It's bad that I don't recreated that that pose for uh, the Suicide Squad. Okay, that's Batman Harley Quinn 1999 is what that's from. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, but that's what it reminded me of. I felt like they were kind of going for a a reference to that famous cover, except it's Joker and Batman dancing, and they're not. So that's what it felt like to me. Right. It's it's definitely one of the higher moments of the this run and this story is when you get to see that Batman's again sacrificing himself for these people he doesn't even know because right afterwards he has to he has to grab I think it's like a sword in the stone or something that yes. they're trying to pull After and he, he he's sacrificing himself and getting himself electrocuted is what it is he oh he sits in, in a, he sits in a chair that's what it is yeah because he he has three of the guards are he's having them he tells them if you pull this if you pull this chainsaw with a live wire live electricity run running to it and you can pull it out of the out of the rock of the cement you can go free he's like well it's random so you have a chance i don't think they had a chance at all and mm -hmm. it's after he <laughs> disconnects he shoots a battering finally disconnects it he sees a pcs on on screens all the all the bat family getting beat up and captured by the joker and then he gives right. in and lets the joker sit down in an electric chair and shocks the hell out of him because his weakness is his family there are a couple more things I do want to mention about that part before we move on. Like one, I did when he's going up the as he's going through Arkham Asylum, you do run into some you run in, he has all the inmates dressed up as night with flaming swords or flaming something. <laughs> that part is so cool. I mean it's just a page, two pages worth of just kicking ass, and I'm just like ah, just smiling as I turn the page. It made me laugh. Yeah, I always like when Joker goes all out for Batman. He's just like, welcome to the party. And he sets it all up for him. Like the part where he makes a, ta a tapestry out of bodies hanging from the wall. And I think they even talk at one point or it's just him going crazy. I'm not sure which one, but what that cat is just he just looks up and it's just bodies. And he's like, hey, I use that. The doll maker helped me. Look at the cool colors. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> and it, it's so messed up like this. This this book hits. It really hits. I yeah, mean, it's definitely not for kids. <laughs> well, comics are not really anymore. Like not well, not the yeah. There are comics for kids. I wouldn't call this comics for kids. <laughs> no, this story would not be good for a kid to read. Yeah, I I mean, well, like we were talking about Joker having his face cut off, but it's still strapped around his where his face should be. There's like flies buzzing around it. That's something a kid really should the time throughout the entire <laughs> this arc. You have flies all just here and there and around his face. <laughs> I, I did like how they brought Mr. Freeze, Scarecrow and Clayface in for a very small part as he's climbing up the stairs. I, I oh, really yeah. Like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Scarecrow. Eh. I can I, the Scarecrow like that they have in, 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 the, in the new 52 in this arc looks a lot like Scarecrow does in Batman Begins. Which I don't care for. I like that movie a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't. I like. I don't know. Maybe I like my John. I like my Scarecrow from the Batman animated series, where he looks like a fucking Scarecrow, which mm -hmm. makes no sense. But I just, I just love that look. Yeah, I feel like he was underutilized anyway. But I, I mean, Batman's Rogues Gallery in general, I like them all for different reasons. Sometimes I'm, they have good stories. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Clayface. Oh yeah, the animated series Clayface is awesome. Yeah, that's part of it. And yeah, that's a big part of it. And I just like how Clayface is Gordon and he's like, stop, Batman. He just grabs him and like, he knows it's not him and breaks his arm or something like, oh, I'm like, ah, because he can tell. He can see yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Gordon, where's your skeleton? <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> uh, I, 
I did like it as he's as, as he's coming up in the throne room we were mentioning and you have Two-Face Riddler and Penguin all dressed up and different because his whole idea is that Batman is the king and he's coming to his throne, which is a <laughs> shock you to death chair. <laughs> Watch your chair. But, and God, what <laughs> Riddler's the Riddler's Riddler. He's the strategic or something. But you have Two-Face wearing a freaking uh, like wig. that looks like, you know, from the night from the 1700s, like he's, a you know, like the, the British in the 1700s. Yeah, the judge judge wig. You know what's funny is that there's a Batman the Animated Series episode where he develops a third personality called the Judge, what? and he actually does wear one of those. Is this during the? We won't speak of that last part when they change the animation. Yes. Oh, that part never happened. Okay, that's why I don't remember that. <laughs> I uh, hate when they change the animation. I'm done. I will not watch the rest of that show. When the sky turns red. <laughs> I don't remember the sky turns red. I just know the animation changes and I'm done. Yeah, the, the sky is completely red all the time, no matter what time of day it is. It, 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 it's hard for me. I, I When I was a kid, I thought it was a different show. Then I realized, no, it's the same show. I mean, they changed it a little bit, but it's the same show. I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? I'm not sure. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. But as, as we were saying, I mean, just... Everything I thought was so cool. And then you also have Penguin dressed up as a bishop or something with a bishop hat, which I thought was stupid. But in normal Joker fashion, he turns on everybody because he's Joker. Correct. <laughs> which I thought he's like, me and Bass are going to have some alone time. They're like, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, you're not coming. <laughs> he locks him up. Mm-hmm. He just don't care. That's what I, I love about Joker in this. Yeah, he's the clown prince of crime. I mean, I, I know that phrase is... I mean, that's just what they call him. But uh, this didn't even feel this was more like I like how this is such a personal story between the two of where it really shows this like love hate relationship that they have for each other very well. I feel mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is all like a one big Valentine to Batman. It feels like from his <laughs> perspective, well, especially when you get to the next part <laughs> when he wakes up and he's sitting at a table. And all the fa- all the Bat family, which is oh, this is gonna be fun. Uh, Tim Drake, which is Red Robin. Right? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Tim Drake, Red Robin, Nightwing, Dick, Dick Grayson, which is Nightwing, Damian Wayne, which is Robin now, Jason Todd, which is the Red Hood, and Barbara Gordon, which is Batgirl. Right, and all those people have been Robin at one point. All but Barbara Gordon. All but Bar- well, yeah. <laughs> Although there was a female Robin at one point. She's dead, though. Yeah, Stephanie something or other. Mm-hmm. Way later? No, that was earlier. That was like 2000-something. I don't know. That might have been the ni- late 90s, even. I don't know. And you're not talking about Dark Knight, are you? Because there's one in Dark Knight, too, but that's not that's something different name. No, she she was a blonde. I forget her name. Stephanie something, probably, yeah. I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Losing their shit right now. <laughs> Brown as Robin. There you go. What the? I have never heard of this character. Yep. And then, of course, what Mike's referring to is the other Robin from Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. But that's that's a different universe in itself. Don't get me started on that book. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I got I got opinions about that book, but we're not going there today. All right. And I mean, and I just love that. And right away, he's already got everything planned. So that way Batman can't escape. He's like, yeah, if you try to run, I already doused them with gasoline. There's Flint under your chair. Yeah, don't just think about it. They all burn. Oh, yeah. 
I, I thought that was so cool. Like, it's just like, I already planned for I know what you're going to do. I know you're going to break out of that chair, but they all burn. So do you. I was going to, were you talking about the dinner where everyone's faces, like, well, he, he me, every, everyone's sitting of a, of a bowl of ice with a, a certain surprise sitting on top of it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're all, all their faces are bandaged up except for Batman and then just their eyes. And yeah. And he brings out, what are those things called? Dinner tray. Oh, wow. There's a fancy word they use for them on, on uh, Wikipedia, but I just call them bowls, just bowls of ice. Well, like the, the cover. I feel like there's a special name for dinner trays like that with the, with the silver cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, silver dinner trays. Really what it is? It's C-L- <laughs> just kidding. C-H- I don't know. H- hey. I'm not, uh, you know. I Again, there's going well, to be an angry Batman fan. It's pronounced cliche, you fucking Philistine. <laughs> I guess Dinner Tray Silver does pull up an image of it, so does that count? Yeah. Well, but did you find the actual name of it though, Jesse? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's it's spelled C L O C H E, cliche or something like that. You want me to pull up the Wikipedia page for it? I thought you were just bullshitting <laughs> us at first. A cliche <laughs> from the French for bell is a tableware cover, sometimes made out of silver, though commercially available as glass, stone, or marble, or other materials. They often resemble a bell, hence the name. See, oh. you learned that here, guys. Now you know. Dinner tray fact. There's my contribution. <laughs> well, out. <laughs> it's important to the story. It is important. Not really, but I was very curious. And I was like, I know it's got to have a name. It adds to the presentation. You know, I like to think somewhere along all of this, Joker was just sitting at home watching Martha Stewart taking notes like, mm, yes, Bat's going to love this. Yes. Oh, it is a crazy thing, Martha. I mean, it's the best way to, you know. Fucked him up like he opened this up and it's all their faces sitting in on ice. <laughs> He's like, I cut off all your faces. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a really messed up scene. See, of we're course, all family. Yeah, of course he's just gagging him though because they don't. He didn't really cut off their faces, but no, he's finding out the next page. Mm-hmm. And the reason also why when he sets the room on fire, why Batman was able to put it out with water is because he realized that Joker set this all up in like an eastern part of the Batcave, which oh, leads in more into, yeah which leads more into speculation of like does he know who bruce wayne is does he know who they are blah 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 does he care to know that's the big question <laughs> i want to say no the thing about batman is that he's in love with the idea of batman not who the person is exactly Right. Well, we'll get into that next. I think we should just finish the dramatic climax here. But there is a reason why this all leads up to the what Mike's talking about right now. Oh, Mike's oh, I have the book open as we speak right now. So. <laughs> basically, this is where um, I got to today. And we, I had to stop reading because we were recording. Yeah, basically, Joker releases his Joker toxin and all of the Bat family start grinning very menacingly. And they start trying to kill and attack each other. <laughs> the the bomb is inside the two-headed lion cub that's born in the opening of this book. And uh, so Batman realizes that he's going to turn the tables on Joker because he's confessing all this love to him and blah, blah, blah. But he says, I know who you really are. And he's like, come here, I'll whisper your, your, who you really are into your ear. And the Joker can't stand it. And he flies off a cliff inside the cave and he's gone. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I mean, as when they're fighting Joker as an act, it's pretty cool, by the way. I'm looking at it as we speak. Mm-hmm. But also, as they all get gassed, you also have Alfred who got kidnapped earlier. We 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 didn't we mentioned briefly, 
but he's all gas too, and he's the one that brings all their fake faces on the train. Yeah, like I do like it when you have him when they, when they brings in and you first take when they first take off the bandage like oh god how bad is it how bad and then you find out nah they're all fine but I mean that is kind of kind of pretty messed up <laughs> yeah and and I forgot the fact that he <laughs> fell down the cave yeah all about that and he has and he has this one one key thing he has a notebook that has either he says has all the names of the Batman family and just a blank little notebook with nothing in it. Right. But he never knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always the journey, not the destination for him. Like I said, I think it, for him, it's more, it was more of a case of just like, look at all the effort I'm putting in for you. This is, isn't this great? This is a spectacle. It's a celebration. I don't really give a shit who you are. I mean. Right. I think, well, I think it's an inverse because if you go to the last like couple pages where Batman's explaining to the Bat family, like why he doesn't, Joker doesn't really care is because he went to Arkham as Bruce Wayne and he took that card that was on the Batmobile or Batboat and he said, here, I think he dropped this and Joker looks at it and then he just turns away. Like, he can't see Bruce Wayne as Batman. So, so that's such a stupid move. I mean, if he already knows, maybe not. Yeah, but why would Bruce Wayne have something if he didn't know? I mean, it clearly shows that the Joker doesn't see Batman as or Bruce Wayne as Batman. He sees Batman as Bruce Wayne. I know it's just one of those things where you you look at it and and I and I think of it from here's a very educated character making you know very uneducated decision. Yeah, I know uh-huh. I'm overthinking it. <laughs> I feel, I feel so there's a sweet ambiguity to it, just because. I mean. I think I think it's one of the common held things where it's just you know Bruce Wayne is the alter ego, Batman is truly who he is, and he doesn't really want to you know again maybe he just sees Bruce Wayne as you know the false you know like a mask like oh if you're not going to show your true self to me then I don't want to talk to you. How I feel, I mean it's not it means explored in other media maybe in the comics I just haven't read that, but I I do agree that a lot of time with Batman it becomes where. The Bat- Batman is his real identity, not Bruce Wayne. Correct. He is, you know, because he never, he never recovered from the trauma he he suffers as a child. Yeah, he never will. No, I mean that's the same. That's why Joker is always the other side of that coin. He's someone that doesn't have a past, doesn't think, but he's also just that he's willing to always take the next step. We'll kill yep. everybody. I kind of lost where I was going with that. I realized. I was like, <laughs> he's the he's the. He's the toxic boyfriend of the relationship. He's not just Harley's toxic boyfriend. He's he's Batman's toxic boyfriend. Yeah, like, yeah, really I'm, bad I'm bad for you in the city. But, you know, if I'm gone, then you're going to have to deal with your own problems, which you're never going to actually do. So come on, let's fight. Fuck, whatever. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, when I read this, like, I only got a chance to really go through it once. But when I read this, like I said, the entire time, it just it really felt like, again, this is just one long fucked up valentine and this is jokers like this is how i celebrate our relationship like wasn't it haven't we had good times <laughs> pretty much yeah all the great batman and joker stories culminating into this one new story exactly um we also before because we kind of wrapped up the story but also before we close it out there is one little thing at the end where batman is studying these 
these uh, chemical makeup of the gas joker used on the Bat family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds a inert isotope, and the chemical compound in it is H-A. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, ha, uh, I, I, I rolled my eyes so fucking hard, they almost popped out of my head. Like, it was <laughs> that and uh, like isn't like one of the clues that leads into ace is he's like dissecting like a gas or something oh and, yeah, uh, yeah and it's like a c e and i'm just like really you're so fucking extra joker go for it <laughs> ace chemicals get it you get it <laughs> i i think I you just told that but i'm back now yeah <laughs> welcome back welcome back mike <sighs> i was like I don't hear anything. And I look down, internet not connected. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was looking down. I was like, Mike, gone. Mike, back. I'm like, okay, that was fast. <laughs> it's yeah. just like podcast over? <laughs> uh, not by... Welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does, that mean, does that mean that whole gasp bit we just did didn't make it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was still recording. Mm-hmm. We're good. I heard the end of it. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time. At least it wasn't as bad as last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one other thing we should mention, too, is that we're not going to talk about all the supplemental comics that come with this. So there was, like, a lot of stories in Red Hood and the Outlaws, Batgirl, um, Nightwing, and whatever the hell else. And uh, Teen Titans. And Jesse, you said you said you read the back roll one, but it was nothing critical. I mean, I I, I read I read a uh, I read a couple of them. The back roll one was probably the best of the few that I read. But I'm going to say a lot of these honestly could have been condensed into like a few scenes in the main comic. They really didn't need to be whole issues. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's just, you know, how comics are where you have an event. So they wanted to bring all the Batman books into this event. But I, I, I felt like just these six issues. Because originally I talked about doing this. I was like, OK, we're going to read all 23 issues. And I realized we just need to read the, the six in the the six in the volume. And we're good. Yeah. And I think I remember, too, one of the people talking who was working on Red Hood and the Outlaws. He was like, you know, I'm doing this story. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm mandated to include Death of the Family, like a crossover. And then I have to somehow weave back into the story I was trying to tell before all that shit happened. And it's like, it's, yeah, that sucks. That would suck as a writer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do it what all the time. Hey, Stefan, do you know what year this came out? I think it was like five years ago. 2011. 2012. Uh, 2012. I was going to say... You think maybe they were trying to cash in on, on that Marvel crossover or hell, maybe the CW shows? I mean, were they a thing back then? Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like every day they're like, we're crossing over Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, fuck it, Harley Quinn, we're throwing everyone in the mix. Arrow, <laughs> well, no, Arrow season one is 2012. So, yeah. Yeah. This, is our, this came out around the same time. No, same year. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. I don't know. I just, I just I know that if I was writing something and then I had to man do a a tie-in issue and then somehow weave back into the story I was telling, I would not like to do that. 
you know. I say they probably did the best of what they had to work with, but to make something like that work, more planning and forethought has to be done. And it sounds like they didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, I understand when comics do it for like a big, you know, line wide event and you have expecting everything, but I don't like it when you take a certain like you have a big Batman event, so all the Batman books have to have something to get more sales. Right. It was kind of like when we covered uh, Death of Superman. Every <laughs> Superman book had to have a separate part of the story. <laughs> and we read too much Superman for that. Oh, my God. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we were learning. That was like what? That was five, six months ago or more at this point. At the time you're hearing this, more. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. yeah, that basically wraps up the story. They... They don't have a definitive definitive conclusion because it continues on into Endgame and Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are going on. And as of this recording, they're doing something called, I think, Last Night on Earth in DC Black. So no they're idea. still together, still rocking. And and fun side story, I actually got to meet Greg Capullo in he came to a convention nearby. I was supposed to be Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, but Unfortunately, Scott Snyder wasn't there on Sunday, so I was only able. But I have my Killing Joke trade signed by Great Capullo. Right, which I'm <laughs> jealous. <laughs> I, I did look for you when I was there. I was looking in some of the bins to try to find a cheap Batman book from that era, but I couldn't find. I I didn't have anything, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah, but I I I'm, yeah I should have. <laughs> I mean, and then today I was at a half price books, and I ran into a bunch of this run for like two dollars. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! Why couldn't I found this a month ago? <laughs> right. Do you want to tell everyone what you got today? Sure, why not? You might already know if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, but I picked up the first appearance of Claw in Fantastic Four 56 or something for like seven bucks. I'm pretty that happy. Memorable villain, Claw. <laughs> hey, he's an Age of Ultron. But he doesn't That's have a Claw in Age of Ultron. He's Ulysses Claw, and then he becomes Claw in Black Panther. Yep, right? That's true. It's been yeah. a while. Uh, I blocked most of Age of Ultron. Not a, not a bad thing. I rewatched that movie recently. That is not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, but I, one thing I do want to say is we were we mentioned this does tie into Endgame. We might do Endgame at some point, but also Endgame is like a couple of years after this. I want to say. Yeah, they had a long run. Okay, because I know it's like Volume Seven is Endgame because you go in a bunch of weird volumes that we will never talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I have so so is Endgame the Bat Family reunion where they all have to hug it out and Batman's just like, look, guys, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> audience, audience applauds loudly, you know. You know, I don't even remember Batman Endgame at all. So, <sighs> To be fair, I don't either, and I read it, I think, twice. <laughs> uh, that's a red flag for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skype. All right, I think we should go to Shelfer Box. How about you guys? Yeah. All right. Um, Stefan, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, so <laughs> uh, when I first read this comic, um, I had originally bought it with the um, double pack where you would get the Joker mask along with it. And um, wow. I, I enjoyed it for about a week before it was stolen from me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of my comics were stolen and stuff like that. Oh. But um, overall, when I first read this story and even coming back to it, like it's a good story. But I don't, for whatever reason, 
it's not the story for me. The one highlight I always say is that part where Bruce goes to show Joker the card and Joker doesn't react to it because he's not seeing Batman. He doesn't if he saw Batman, then he would react. But otherwise, he doesn't. And that's that's like the high moment of the whole book for me. The rest of it is just usual Joker crap. I for me, I just didn't really care. Didn't draw me in. So I I'm going to put it in the box. Okay, I, I was not. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Considering this is the guy who buys Friday the Thirteenth comics, this is not what I was expecting. I love my trash. Very trashy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm aware. That's a different ball game right there. <laughs> How about you, Jesse? This is going to be an oddly specific answer. Okay. I put it on my shelf, but it would be heavily neglected. And I'd only pull it out probably once a year. All right. That's like, honestly, like I can come back. It's one of those stories where I can enjoy it when I'm in the right mood. You really have to kind of, you have to kind of get yourself in the mindset to enjoy something really fucked up. And uh, God, I don't, I don't, I, it's, I didn't really touch on it too much in this episode, but it's just my idea of, of Joker is kind of really complicated. Like I have very mixed feelings things regarding the character when he's at his worst he's really at his worst and i can enjoy it you want your joker covered in tattoos and working at a strip club is that what you want oh oh god no no don't no no never again <laughs> don't worry i'm sure he'll I, never be joker again in a movie I, I i will give this kudos for not romanticizing the character like even if he is trying to give romantic overtones to bats he's uh I, he is, but they also like they really show how like even like everything with Harley Quinn that we mentioned, they really show how messed up he is. They don't glamorize it like they kind of did in the Suicide Squad movie. I felt yeah, but, no, I it's it's, it's very much uh, realistic. I feel and uh, how depraved and awful he's sunk to at this point. So I, I got to give the kudos for that. Like I said, I can. It's it, if I if I had anything similar to compare it to, it's kind of how I feel about the original Pet Cemetery movie. I think it's fantastically done, but I can I can't watch it more than like once a year. <laughs> it's not I can binge repeatedly, you know. I mean, that's not that's a good thing. If you could just like I love this movie, I mean, I might be questioning other things then, but you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you guys remember that one time when Jared Leto sent a used condom to Will Smith. <laughs> I thought that was Davis, and then, or no, no, wait, no, it wasn't because she's like he thought about it, but I have a big footballer husband who can kick his ass, so that didn't happen. <laughs> I, he did it to multiple people. I don't. Think I think just... he did. Yeah. I wonder he... what he sent to Mark and Bobby. <laughs> Probably a Beheaded. nice chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> he really gets into his characters, though. He's Speaking a... as an actor gonna say when an actor's like goes method you really have to be careful because that i've had bad experiences just you know they, they interpret method as like i'm gonna use this as an excuse to be an asshole to everybody because it's my character and that makes me super artistic i'm above everything and i'm I just like think... oh, let's go build a fucking house <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, jim carrey's man on the moon <laughs> oh god fuck fuck jim carrey <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Uh, he, he was in a yeah. movie called Man on the Moon. Oh, and it was oh, okay. a about Andy Kaufman. And essentially, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He was channeling Andy, and by channeling Andy, that meant be a huge dick, which, <laughs> you know, yeah, Andy Kaufman could be sometimes, but still. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I think I'll go next, and we'll talk about Batman. And I'm going to put this on the book on the shelf, because I really like it, and I probably won't read it again. I've read it twice now in the last two months. I think it's taken us over a month to get this recording down. So... <laughs> <laughs> I will not be reading it again anytime soon, but I really liked it. Like I even went out and bought the trade paperback just so I could get it signed. And just because I'm like, I'm like, I enjoy this book so much, I need to actually own a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And, That's and fair. I, and I also realized as I was reading the trade, I'm like, I like digital better. I like reading on my tablet much more than I like reading the actual book. See, I'm the opposite for Mike. I like physical. Well, I also... Oh, like I, I have a couple comics that are on my wall that I will never be taken out of the bag, but that's because they're from the '60s and they might fall apart if I open the bag. So, oh yeah, I was concerned. I have, uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for, yeah. I, I just won't. I just will not open the bag. Like they are, they are in such. Well, I mean, they they're, they look all right, but I know if they're missing staples and things, I'm like, nope, it's gonna stay right in that bag. Never open it. Mm-hmm. So, wait. So you'll when you say you like, you will, you'll. Yeah, you'll put it on the shelf, you'll own it, but you won't really like read it again. Is that more just because the keeping the book in good condition or just because you just can't do the story again for a while? It's already bad condition, unfortunately. <laughs> but oh. it well, it's a trade. I was uh, for some reason the, the plastic coming off on the front, but maybe that's for I don't know. But I also when I read, I twist them. That's why I don't like reading physical. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I accidentally did that with my Scott Pilgrim books. Yeah, those are. I need to read those someday. But also, just that I have a hard time with things that are really dark like this. Like I'll enjoy it, but it's not something that I want to keep reliving and keep watching over and over again. Like to give an example, I I rank giving a Star Wars joke here. Or I, I I rank Phantom Menace above Revenge of the Sith because Phantom Menace is a more feel good movie. Mm. I, I, I I get where you're coming from. It was essentially my stance for this book too. It's just again, it's like I'm, I'd be happy to have it, but I can't read it too much. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just it's, it's tough, but it's well worth it. Like if you're listening to this, Phil, I highly recommend track it down and read it it's on Amazon and buy the trade. And even if you don't know a lot about Batman, you can you, you can know enough. Hell, we. I mean, yes, we did break it down, but still, you can still definitely enjoy it. I and think I, there's plenty. I was just gonna say, I think there's just enough in the story where, if you're if you're a well-read Batman historian, like you'll enjoy the little end references. But if you don't get the references, there's still you know the story will keep you hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to it, and it, it even just this whole New Fifty Two run that they did with Batman. Most of it is really good. Most there's a yeah, couple the, of I never want to reread. Correct. That's like the reason I put it in the box, for instance. It's just because I'm very picky with Scott Snyder's work. Like, I like most of it, but this one, for instance, I just, the death of the family, I mean, just when you say that, it sounds like they're all going to die, or somebody's going to die, and that didn't <laughs> even come close to happening, so. Spoiler alert, nobody dies. Yeah, so it's just... <laughs> I mean, they could have, it's comics, it's not like anyone stays dead. Oh, I should also mention that this uh, comic book was overshadowed by something that happened in Batman Incorporated. Where Damian Wayne actually does die. So, <laughs> Batman Incorporated. It's another it, com, Batman comic they came out with. Is, is, never, it, is it the same universe or is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they killed oh, Damian man. Wayne. Mm-hmm. They killed him like a week 
later or something. I don't know. Like nobody gave a shit about this story because Grant Morrison killed Damian Wayne. So essentially, he he got pissed at his dad, didn't want to talk to him anymore, and then died the next week. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. I don't even think they give Batman an issue where he gets to like grieve for him till like a little bit later, which is really fucking weird. Robin, huh. Bruce Wayne's son is dead. God damn it, Bruce. We just talked about this last week. I'd never even heard of this little run. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it sometime on the show. Mm, maybe. Okay. I think it's time to wrap this up. First, I want to thank Jesse for joining us tonight. <laughs> we picked a fucked up story to bring him on, just like our last fucked up story he was on. Okay. Well, we'll find another fucked up story fun. to bring you on. I'm sure Stefan can think of some really messed up comics. Yeah, well, we'll pick something more suitable of Jesse's taste next time. <laughs> well, uh, Jason X the comic, let's do this. <laughs> you know what? Somebody in the in this podcast right now might own it. I would not be surprised. One bit. God damn it. Yes, I do. <laughs> I made this joke earlier, and you'll, I'll make it again. Like, again, when your roommate, when you went, you said you she went to Goodwill and she bought you're like, oh, I see you bought some garbage. She looked over at your comics, saw you holding Friday the 13th, said, I see you bought garbage, too. Never. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Fucking hilarious. I give so her kudos. Yeah, I yes. couldn't disagree with her. <laughs> but you bought it. And I'm like, eh, it was a dollar, right? And you're like, no. I'm like, why? <laughs> what was it then? How much? I, I think it was that one specifically. It was $10. <laughs> the... oh. Okay, I could have bought four issues of Death of the Family for less than that today at half Bright books and still had a couple dollars left over. Well, oh here's the God. thing. I, my, with the kick I get out of those trashy horror comic is that if it's as soon as I open the book, if there's already somebody getting topless, I know it's going to be trash. And nine <laughs> times out of 10, as soon as you open it first or second page, some chicks already getting topless. I think seeing Jason on the cover should be the giveaway that it's going to be trash. <laughs> yeah. Well that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. Oh, first, I also want to thank Balby for letting us use his his track, Cool Kid Squad, from DP Bite the Bullet. I know, I just like. Oh, and I've said this so many times, I can't even remember it anymore. I'm tired. So there'll be a link in, there'll be a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. Maybe one day we're going to, you know, maybe one day I'll get it right. No guarantees. Yeah. I'll do it next time, Mike, and we'll see if I get it right. I try. I'm going to have you, if I can remember, I'm going to have you do it next week. <laughs> that next week for all you guys happened like two months ago <laughs> Spoiler oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> and also please follow us on facebook instagram twitter we need more followers and i'm always on instagram facebook posting up i i don't really spread like what we're doing about the comics too far ahead of time i might eventually but right now it's kind of like hey surprise new new special came out mm-hmm. so sell sheet <laughs> we shall see <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful night. Bye, everybody. Bye.